Wild Wonder podcast, where we seek to democratize and demystify holistic wellness practices by speaking with today's leading practitioners. I am your host, Kristen Yorka, and today on the podcast, we have the nourishing witch, Andrea. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so a little backstory on how we virtually met um, was through <laughs> one of Gala Darling's courses. And you came on, and I remember you speaking about human design actually twice, once on a call, and then another time she actually interviewed you. And I was like, what is this? Why don't I know anything about this? What on earth is she talking about? Sounds super cool, but I have zero idea um, starting at square one. So if you don't mind, for people like me, I'd like to learn along with the audience. Do you have like an abridged version of what human design is? Yes. So human design is a synthesis of different systems and different modalities. So it kind of like brings all these um, systems that have been developing with human beings for mm -hmm. centuries, and it brings them together in a way that the result is the sum of the parts, but also something new, like a fresher different way of understanding certain things. So ultimately what it gives you is the an understanding of how your energy circulates through your body and how you have certain things that are consistent within you and certain things that may not and how when we are operating from the, th the things that are not consistent within us, mm -hmm. um, sometimes we can get into this, you know, conditioning and in these patterns that are not really who we're meant to be mm -hmm. so i love the fact that you can i mean i've loved astrology and like other modalities for a very long time uh but this one just i don't know it, there was something in it not at first glance i must say like when you first open your human design charts i had that when i first opened it i was like oh my god what is all this business yes. I didn't understand what they were like numbers. I didn't understand why the numbers didn't make sense. Like mm -hmm. I didn't seem like have like a logical order. <laughs> I was very upset about that. Yeah, even though it pulls from all these modalities, when you do first see these charts, you're like, but wait, it might as well be in, written in like hieroglyphs, you know? <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So it took a while for me to understand. And I think that when you start understanding what the numbers mean, what the signs mean, what the energy centers that you see in the body graph mean, then it's like, ah, oh, all right, we're talking about this very groovy, very fun territory. And I guess the map just looks a little bit um, deceiving. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, seems, it seems complicated because when I remember when I first started getting interested in astrology, I pulled the chart. And since you can kind of make the leap from, okay, these are the planets in the sky that I'm familiar with. And this is how the planets in the sky affect me, don't affect me, how I could use these as archetypes to kind of investigate my own inner stuff. Whereas when I pulled up the human design chart, I was like, okay, I'm going to need a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's a little bit like that, but also because it has like multiple layers of information. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I find so rich about it. And the thing that I love as a student of life honestly mm. that it's just layer after layer after layer of things that you can investigate um you know kind of like learn about yourself embody experiment with like it, there's just layers and layers of things that you can explore and so what does it pull from does it pull from astrology yes. and yes and what else so 
astrology, um, the I Ching, mm. the um, like chakra system in a way, and quantum physics. So those are kind of like the four big things. And it weaves them in a way that is really incredible and fascinating when you're able to mm-hmm. pass through that first hurdle of, oh, like how, how? Yeah. <laughs> so I know someone's listening right now and they're like, wait, where do I see my chart? So right. where should they go if they want to pause the podcast right now and then go pull it? There are multiple websites. Um, the one that I like be- just because of how it looks, I think is a little bit cleaner. It's called mybodygraph.com. My body graph. My body graph. Um, you go there and you just leave your details as you would, you know, with an astrology chart or whatever, and then you get your human design charts. So you need your your name, your time of birth. Yes, time of birth is super important. Time, date, location. Yeah. What happens if somebody doesn't have their time of birth? If you have like no freaking clue, absolutely yeah. whatsoever, <laughs> it's really good that you will find maybe an astrologer that does mm-hmm. um, time correction. Mm-hmm. There's like specific, almost like formulas in which like a uh, seasoned astrologer can actually right. uh, help you find your time. Um, if you have it more or less, you know, if it's more or less at 2.30 or more or less at 5.30, mm-hmm. whatever that is, um, put those in and chances are it's not going to change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's like a 10 minutes more, 10 minutes less, like that kind of thing is forgiving in certain areas. There are specific sections of your human design chart that are very sensitive to like mm-hmm. time. Um, but for the bigger picture, for the broader things, you can definitely go with that. Yeah. And I guess it's a matter of like trial and error too, if you don't quite know, like you see what resonates with you. At least that's what I experienced in astrology. My mom gave me the total wrong time the first time. And I think it came out that I was, um, I want to say Mars in Pisces or something, something like that. Uh And I was like, none of this makes sense to me. Like I was trying so hard to make it make sense to me. Like, okay, maybe some of this, but not all of this. And it wasn't until my grandma told me the right time and I was like oh (laughs) that makes sense now it makes sense yeah so the thing the thing that I think can be really useful with that is like indeed like you will have a sense for like ah yes I totally see this I guess the 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 flip side of that is like you can be conditioned to not recognize what you're seeing you know there's a like for me there were things when I opened my my chart for the first time that I was like really like is it right and then with time and with you know experimenting with it and learning about it and everything I'm like yes 100% that's interesting that you said that because I always think about how Americans specifically are conditioned toward extroversion Mm -hmm. and there's so many people when I was studying more in astrology or when I used to do tarot readings that I would present somebody with you know what I believe or what I in tune is their inner real inner self right and they'd be like no because i love to party and i love to go out and i love to be talking and i'm seeing this person i'm like energetically i don't know if that's 100 percent true you know <laughs> totally totally and there's also this part about human design and this is my personal feeling about it this is how i have come to it hmm. there's richness and depth and so much beauty to be discovered and yet there are parts of it that the language how it's presented like from the original kind of like 
um, download, if you will, mm -hmm. <sighs> it just misses the point. Mm, <laughs> so for example, it. just with what you were saying, like there's a part of your profile of like of your body graph that it's called a profile. Mm -hmm. And it's a fraction looking number. And if you just look at that, like if it's just one number over the other, right. doesn't give you much hints over it. But then normally you will see two words after it. Mm -hmm. And I feel sometimes the words that are associated with the profiles just miss the mark. <laughs> so, you know, for example, in your case, you will have something that it's called like a hermit opportunist. I saw that. <laughs> Is that? To begin with and that's you know I found through my design that one of the main things that I have within myself is the capacity to refine language mm -hmm. and that's you know if and I've known this for a long time mm -hmm. but then then now you know it was almost like I met the system that told me that I'm here to refine language with an unrefined language <laughs> so I'm like, what do I do and do you mean that area of your chart was undefined? No, so so that is defined. Like it oh, is that defined. is defined. Okay. To refine language wherever I go in the things that I do, to be really mindful about the language that I use. Mm -hmm. And then I was presented, you know, this system presented that to me as mm -hmm. a, you know, as a consistency in my energy. Mm -hmm. And then it also presented the opportunity to refine it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand. One of the things that I really love about how I've come to to interpret it and to read it and to um, experiment with it is through a refinement of language. Mm -hmm. So in your case, you know, for example, that hermit opportunist, I would be like, I would dare to change it into like the natural connector. There's oh. a like the hermit energy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that energy is not so much about hermiting as we understand it, mm -hmm. like, like secluded or whatnot. You can still be very extroverted. Right. But there's a part of you that needs to flow effortless. Mm -hmm. There's a part of you that would be really enriched by tapping into the things that you are very, that come very natural to you. And when you're in resistance to the things that come natural to you, because maybe you learned um, that like hard work is the thing mm -hmm. or that, you know, doing things that are really challenging is what gets you reward, whatever you tap out into from the things that are naturally yours to grab. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like that hermit energy. You and are blowing my mind right now, if I may pause you, because I'm head to toe goosebumps, because that has been recently like my big revelation about myself. I keep asking myself, what are the things that I do naturally? What if I double down on those things that already come easily to me, what if I just refined those versus continually looking for the parts of me that I find are wrong or not good enough and continue to strive for that, for that level of achievement? Oh gosh, yes, I have goosebumps all over as you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a goosebump party. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> And then to give to continue with that example, you have that four, which in human design language it's called the opportunist. And I'm like, what what is that? You know, what's the energy behind that? It's, it's usually it's, a negative, right? If you're an opportunist, usually you take advantage of someone else, right? Exactly. What it actually means is that you're a connector. And you naturally thrive in environments and situations that allow you and help you to connect hmm. and to connect with other people. And that in in marrying those two energies, that two and that four or that hermit and that um connector 
there is a part of you that comes very natural to you. Mm-hmm. And when that is also supported by your natural way of weaving people together, of of communicating, of bringing, you know, different worlds into contact. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is something I just have been coming to terms with, human design being another layer of that, about how that's how I naturally flow. I prefer collaboration. And I'll just use myself as an example because I know there's a lot of people that have been raised in an environment where the goal was to be the boss, right? To be like an entrepreneur, to be like the head of whatever company or, you know, Fortune 500, blah, blah, blah. And when I strive toward that, it doesn't work, right? I continually am met with resistance within myself, with outside of myself. I don't feel good. I don't like it. So when I finally allowed myself at 38 years old to be like, huh, maybe I don't want to be the boss. Like maybe I feel better when I'm working within collaboration. Now, I don't think that means that I'll never be in a position of leadership, but it's different than telling people what to do. Oh, 100%, 100%. So thank you, thank you. And I hope somebody else got some grace from that, some permission to just not have to be the boss or be the, what is it, the boss chick or whatever is in vogue now. <laughs> Girl boss. <laughs> Girl boss, thank you. I even like blocked it from my own brain. That's that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and I genuinely think that when you, you know, like that's the thing for me, at least in my experience, what human design really gave me the very beginning when I started experimenting with it and understanding it and all these things was this huge permission slip to be myself and to forget about the freaking rest that I have been expecting myself to do. Yes. Yeah. And that comes across when I was soft stalking you on the internet in preparation for this for this interview. It comes across in all your wording, in all your website. I was like, this, this, this is it. This is allowing people to see that they're not damaged in any way. They're they just haven't connected with themselves. They haven't had the opportunity to meet themselves as they truly are and accept that and find joy in that and celebrate that thing that makes them magical. Mm, totally 100% because I think inversely what we're taught through social media and everything else in marketing is find the problem and then offer the solution right right and it works I'm not going to say it doesn't work but what it does to us as a society I think it forces us to constantly be thinking about what doesn't work in us what is broken in us what do we need to fix versus what's already there for us to uplift and amplify and share 100 percent. and these like let's say like in more in the entrepreneurial field or like in people that are really wanting to do their thing this radically changed my paradigm of how i show up for my business and it has i've seen how it has changed in front of my eyes in the past 10 months mm-hmm. and it's this idea like when you're always focused outside and when you're focused on like what do other people need and like all these things you miss the mark within yourself and like just to give you an example like for Mm -hmm. the longest time I had been taught that I needed to have these like external person that I needed almost to create in my mind that I was Mm going to serve yes 
but there were all these beautiful things that I wanted to create that I didn't know how to match with that external thing that I was trying to match it to. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I realized that I could just literally drop that whole <laughs> customer avatar, if you will, right. and focus on the thing that really lit me up and that that was the thing that was going to connect with my people. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to make a whole description of who she was and where she lived and what she did. Like, none of that matters ultimately and it's entering this different paradigm of of business of how you run ultimately how you run your life yeah that includes your business your relationships your um your health your vitality your creativity and i feel it offers a really beautiful roadmap Mm -hmm. Um, because ultimately it's not it's not um it's not like human design is not something that you need to believe in and it's mm-hmm. not something that you need to like take for face value, you know? Right. Take whatever you learn, take whatever, you know, like if you get a reading or whatever, you, you take that and you experiment with it. Mm-hmm. When you experiment with it, then you know if that thing is true for you or not because you will right. feel it in your body. And that's also something that I personally feel it's really important and that's something that I say in all my readings in all my courses in all, all my everything is like huh. I want you to experiment with this yeah don't leave it in your head because yeah. whatever you know the next thing will come and that will take the, that space you know right but that's what it to your body and you have right. an experience with it and it lives in your like you really recognize that in yourself mm. wow it's really awesome. And I've heard you say before that it's not, even though it's a roadmap, right? It's a representation of the energies you have inside your body. Mm-hmm. It by no means is the like key or instruction manual to how you should live your life, right? Even though we all want that, right? Like there is a part of me that desperately wants you to be like, Kristen, here's what you need to do with your life. And there's another part of me that knows that even if you did that, I wouldn't listen, right? Exactly. Because ultimately, I shouldn't need to tell you what your thing is. And I think that that can get a little bit tricky in the realm of like readings, for example, like that people just take this like as as this is how it should be. No, I want you to experience with it, like have an experience with it and feel for yourself. And the beautiful thing is like, ultimately, maybe maybe you experimented with one particular thing and you know it didn't resonate with you or whatever but maybe six months from now you remember the conversation that we had and that thing that you were thinking and then suddenly everything makes sense Mm -hmm. it was also a matter of timing it was also a matter of things unfold the way that need to unfold and sometimes i feel like in that in that in that desire of wanting to know ourselves more we kind of like want to rush the process yeah and it's an unfolding you know it's it's also why like in human design um they say like that you need seven years to decondition yourself it takes seven years for you to fully integrate this information and in quite frankly i don't think that you ever you're ever done you know right right but there i guess like the first seven years is like the first full flush of a lot of stories of a lot of things that maybe Mm -hmm. were in the way from you embodying your truth Yeah, because there's so many stories that we need to examine about ourselves. Like, if you're in your 30s, you've had 30-plus years of culture, your parents, society, ancestors, everyone, media, 
telling you who you should be or how the world works or what um, their vision of success is and, and or relationships. That was a big one for me. Um, to be able to go back and analyze, like, is this true for me? Is that what I want in my life or is just what I've seen and therefore think is possible? Right, right. And then how that, you know, it takes a... It's almost like if you go into a garden and you pick that, you know, like you, you go into like your, con mm-hmm. your, yeah, your conditioning garden and you see like, oh, where did this came from? And like, where did this came from? And you can pick them out. And sometimes that's enough. You know, you just like see them, you recognize them, you pull them. Awesome. Right. And sometimes like you, I don't know, you're distracted for three days and then you look back and it's there again. <laughs> right. Gosh, like, let me pull this thing again. And it takes repetition and it takes um patience yes or the outside world reminds you that you're not done that's happened to me where i'm like i have completely resolved all my relationship issues i'm good now and then the very next day it's like poof, being hit by a t- truck you're like no you're not done how about this <laughs> i genuinely love those moments where we feel like oh like i'm totally done with this like lifelong <laughs> <laughs> this lifelong journey that I'm on and then like the next day it's like the universe is like no baby you're still in it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like I'm very careful not to state those things out loud anymore I'm like oh I don't I know don't, I don't do that either I know that like the moment that I state it out loud it's like Ugh. I've, I've summoned the, the test <laughs> yes exactly exactly and that being said the the tests right or the challenges that we have I've heard you say that you could kind of see on your graph, on your human design chart, those areas that we find really easy and those areas that we maybe need some lessons in or we need to explore a little deeply. Can you, can you explain a little bit how when a person looks at their chart, there's spaces that are highlighted or bold yep. and there's spaces that are, seem empty? Exactly. So the places that are highlighted um, or colored in, better said, like the, 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 the mm-hmm. little like... Um, geometrical shapes inside that body graph that you see colored in are the areas in your life that are consistent and they are it's like the energy that it's always available to you mm-hmm. and the ones that you see white are um the places where you came here to learn mm-hmm. so in those defined centers which are the ones that are colored in you can also get conditioned out of them like you can also re- you know receive imprints around those centers although you have that consistent energy so the deconditioning process of those centers is going to look way more like peeling off the layers to release the natural energy that is there um as opposed to in the undefined centers which are the ones that are pure white in your charts um the deconditioning process of that looks more like unlearning a Mm. whole bunch of things and then relearning like reinstalling new things because these are areas of your life where you come um, receptor, like you're a receptor of that energy. Okay. There are different filters. So you're a receptor of the energy in your, in your undefined center. So you got to unlearn all that stuff that has been put in there. Let's call it like that. Mm -hmm. And then develop the skills that will help you navigate that with much more ease. Okay it brings different like flavors and different challenges and it's really beautiful to see it like that and the the other thing that i also say about that is like the the and the centers that you have defined are kind of like the things that come natural to you that are mm-hmm. like 
the things that you brought into this life with you. And the other find ones is like, if, if life was a university, these are like the, the credits that you're here to learn. These are the things that your soul said, I want to learn how to become really wise and really skillful in these areas. Some people have a full uh, undefined um, body graph. Those are reflectors. Mm -hmm. They're 1% of the population, not so frequent to come around. But mm -hmm. if um, anyone listening maybe opens a chart and if they see like a fully white chart, that's, that's what it means. You can also have it fully defined. And that ha it's, I, I think that it's, it's important to not get like hooked in the, in the, okay, if I have it defined, this is how it goes. If I have it undefined, this is how it right. goes. It's ultimately a whole process of deconditioning yourself, mm -hmm. whether that's going to be, um, you know, there, even if you have it all defined, there are going to be things through your upbringing and through your life experience that are going to be more heavily conditioned just mm -hmm. by what you're surrounded by, by your history, your ancestor history, whatever. So that's kind of like how we navigate through a chart. And, it, mm -hmm. and I think that the thing that I love remembering over and over is that this is like the most specifically you thing. Like mm -hmm. human design is also called the, the science of differentiation. And the whole premise behind it is that we live in a society that tends to homogenize us all. Mm -hmm. and it just wants to like flat out all the curves and just make us these like I don't know, beige sort of society. <laughs> doesn't work for anything, obviously, but that's somehow like the, I don't know, the, the collective, yeah. the collective illusion or like the collective, like disruption in that. In, or like, two dimensional. <laughs> I would think of it as like, and maybe I'm going out on a limb because I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of how social media might be killing art through the homogen homogenization of us all because if we all have to be a niche right or have one thing that defines us online in order to be successful and it doesn't leave room for our multi-dimensional selves to be to explore to evolve i'm 100 percent there with you and i would even there to move it like one step behind i would i think that social media repeats that message but um, I, I think that has to do more with the paradigm of business that we're in. Yes. Like, who said that you needed to focus on one thing? Which is pretty much what happened to me. Like, I struggled through my all my 20s fe feeling that I needed to focus on one thing. And there I was with these, like, <laughs> ocean of ideas yes. <laughs> that I just could not stop. And then all that struggle that we were just talking right before about that customer avatar and like that one person, that one problem that, uh, that I'm here to solve, mm -hmm. I have no clue. Like, and the moment that I understood, for example, in my case, I'm a generator. You're also mm -hmm. a generator, by the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that I'm a generator and that I have two very like, like key energies in my profile, which is innovation and creativity everything that i've ever wanted to do has to do with that but the way that i was doing it i was like forcing it into like these like little stream it was almost like i was trying to funnel the ocean through a straw right that's, kind of like how, that's how restrictive it felt and it was driving me crazy <laughs> until i started learning more about this and i started learning how to apply human design into my business and then i realized 
if it lights me up, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's why I do human design and I'm illustrating my first tarot deck. Mm -hmm. Two languages apart, like I could almost just like specialize on only one. Right. But guess what? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to because it, it, it really, really feeds me to do both. Yes. And, and I'm letting myself just land in that and break the rules of whatever, you know, like the marketing gurus say, the online marketers say, um, you know, whomever, honestly. And it, and it works because that's the beauty of it. When you're like really following the things that are consistent for you, the things that are there for you um, and, you know, bring a little bit of that rebel spirit in <laughs> and right. just some of those rules. It's freaking cool. Well, it makes me just think of if we go back to the chakra system, that's the sacral chakra, the ability to live in duality, to be both things at once. Yep. It's this whole idea of being like, you have to be an extrovert. You have to be an introvert. There's also introvert extroverts. And it's like, there's no time in my life where I fully feel like any one of those things, you know, it, mm -hmm. I, it's the wave. So that language doesn't resonate with me. And yeah. the moment that I allowed myself the grace to just be like, you know, in this moment, I feel like talking and maybe in 10 minutes, I'll be locked in my room with a do not disturb sign. Mm. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's like, I think that's the kind of permission that we need to allow ourselves more. And in that way, in my personal experience and for the people that I've read so far, what I feel is like human design can help you with the language to understand that. Mm. You know, that's, that's how I see it ultimately. It's a language to be able to understand certain things that you may need language for before you actually are able to do them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because language is such a powerful thing. Like it allows us so much. It can also limit us, obviously. Mm -hmm. But when we are, when we give ourselves that gift and liberate ourselves through a different language that encompasses way more than just, I don't know, the mainstream rules. <laughs> yeah, it helps us define ourselves more. Like when you said you're a connector, I'm like, that lit up something in my brain. That I, that get, that I could grasp onto, right? versus mm -hmm. something more ambiguous or something that feels forced upon me. Right. But there is something interesting that you said in another talk I listened to that you said, and if I'm quoting you wrong, please tell me, yeah. that generators make up most of the population. Yeah. And so if generators make up most of the population and generators are the ones that tend to go between these highs and low energies like we kind of ride the wave like we're inspired by something and then we kind of retreat and then we have to be inspired by the next thing then the cultural paradigm that we're currently living under is actually destructive to our way of being in the world oh gosh i mean it's disruptive for everyone right like it's not in favor of anyone however the thing is that what i've noticed is when when there's a generator or a manifesting generator um that is really lit up that is really excited about the work that they're doing that they wake up like with energy and vitality and they know how much energy they have they know when to recharge they know that rest is an integral part of doing that doing is just you know like the polarity of the you know of that mm -hmm. the duality of that wow you have like a human that it's like incredible to see in action yeah. however like the whole because we are 70 percent of the population together mm -hmm. with manifesting generators 
And the conditioning around that sacral energy is that you overdo, you overproduce, you overwork yourself, you exhaust yourself. You don't like, you know, how many people in the world do work that they absolutely hate? Yeah. You know, that they wake up every morning and it's like a drag to live. That is an unhealthy sacral. So when you have 70% of the population emitting sacral energy and that sacral energy is expressed in an unhealthy way, well, Mm -hmm. here we are. That doesn't mean that because you're a generator, um, yeah, like basically what it means is that we, we have, each one of us has individual responsibility on how we manage our energy and how important that is. And when we start recognizing that and when we start experimenting with that, mm-hmm. then it's like evident, you know, evident that the way that you um, own your energy and the way that you are, that if you know, if you do the work to be really, really in alignment with yourself, mm-hmm. it starts showing up in everything that you interact with. People start picking up on it. People are like, oh my God, like I love, you know, this or I love the energy that you're emitting, even if they don't even understand what the hell is going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is that is the thing that that's the 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 beauty of that. And and again, you know, I think the system overall it's not rigged in anyone's favor. No. Um, and what we need is like from inside out, start changing those patterns, start changing those dynamics with the little things and the bigger things. Mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. we start tipping the boat on the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been considering a lot, especially lately in this past year, but with the pandemic particularly, the sacredness of rest, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we're trained to constantly and consistently be producing, we might rest, we might actually burn out onto the ground, but even when we're burnt out on the ground, we're not fully resting because there's a part of our brain making us feel guilty for being on the floor. Like, what a revelation to be able to be like, yeah, I'm on the floor and this is where I need to be today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And And I recently read something that really blew my mind around rest, the difference between rest and relaxation. Mm -hmm. You can be rested and not be relaxed. And I think that that's like what you're saying. Like you can be resting, you know, in that rock bottom of your burnout, let's say, physically resting mm-hmm. and yet your your there is not a sense of relaxation in your being mm-hmm. there, there are parts that are still unplugged still disconnected still exhausted from the mm-hmm. overdrive and the overcommitment and the over stimulation or whatever yeah and I love that I was like huh that's such an important thing to yeah. to notice because I've noticed myself and this is also something that has been my own process to learn how to rest um but then now I feel like, huh, refinement, like moment to refine that language, to relax, like deep relaxation. What does that feel like? And then I have moments where I definitely nail it and I feel that and I feel the relaxation in my whole body. And there are times where I, yes, I can sleep nine hours and my body feels rested, but I'm not relaxed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or that idea that we're not resting in order to achieve something later i think that's a thought i have probably a lot of people have it too is like oh i'm resting now i'm giving myself this hour so i could like super produce after this you know and that's a really tricky 
tricky one. I feel like if you are in that super, super duper intense productive mentality, this might be step one. You know, it might be step one to trick quote unquote yourself into relaxing so you can keep producing. Mm. But there is a moment where you gotta like move on to the next step, which is like, I need to rest because I need to rest. Right. And it feels good and I want it to. It feels good. And and it's part of life. It's part of the same cycle, you know? Mm. And that's also something that I feel we just forget. Right. And it's some, it brings me back to something that really like sparked something in me when I heard you say it on another call, which was uh, consistency, which is something I struggle with versus potency. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to define that, but I've been stuck. I had in the past pre pandemic, I was trying to be consistent because that's apparent. I mean, that's what people tell you is what makes you successful, right? Is to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. But when I was finally forced to pause, I was like, I hate everything about this. Everything I'm doing is no longer resonating with me. Or maybe I just don't want to do it as much. Oh, you know, I, so if if you could describe that wave for us. I feel you 100%. I was exactly in the same place. And when I heard this idea of consistency, um, of potency over consistency, I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. give me more of that juice, please. <laughs> so we have this idea of consistency and what you just said. Like we're kind of like taught that that's the way to success. That's the way of like how we achieve things. That's how dreams are come true, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this consistent hammering, right? Right. What we have seemed to forget is the energy that is emanating that consistency hmm. so the if the energy under that consistency is like a lack of energy right. you're literally just hammering and you can hammer forever and you can post whatever you want mm -hmm. and you can create as much as you want and you can but it's never going to have a resonance because there's no juice behind it right so the potency really what, it, what what I've come to realize and what I, it's, it's become my experience is like the consistency is beautiful when there's energy behind that. Mm -hmm. But we can never do like something endlessly. Right. <laughs> As opposed to the potency is like, maybe I don't post every day. Yeah. Maybe I don't put a podcast every week. But when I do, money are going to get like, the like you know you're gonna get a golden nugget right right i think that it's up to us also to start training training quote unquote our people mm. you know that we're not always on that we're not right. always producing that we're not always creating that you know that some for some people the model of weekly or bi-weekly or whatever that works for me like that was also something that i realized that i was like i've been trying to do this for so long <laughs> to like and, and feeling like a failure for not being able to commit long term to something mm -hmm. and yeah. that was really hard on like my perception of my self-worth and when i realized that i could just not that what i needed to do was just like inform people that i wanted to do things different and that i was not going to put a podcast every day every every day every week out mm -hmm. um but when it came out it was because i felt the need to yeah. transmit something Ah, oh, it's given me so much space, so much permission, 
so much ease and you know room to create things that I really feel excited about instead of like these I think like it becomes sort of like a drag or like a over yeah, yeah. like you're just like dra so suddenly like one good day you turn around and you're dragging all these things behind you and it's like wait yeah. what <laughs> they were supposed yeah. to be fun and I think that's also why I mean you probably had that experience and probably also you listening you've also had that experience where you started something you started a project mm -hmm. or an idea or you know whatever and you're really excited and then somewhere along the way you said that that was something that you needed to do every single yeah. day you kill it yes <laughs> and then after a month yes. of that you're like screw that whatever thing that i decided i was gonna do i'm like yeah oh. yeah and and i think that i i definitely believe that that's that's because we hammering the consistency as a as a yeah. form like we believe that consistency is the, the key to success and it's not. It's not. I actually uh, that made me think. I've been wanting to write a post, um, but I can't. Like I haven't put it all together yet. And I wanted to name it. Are we bored yet? Because I feel like because everyone feels the need to constantly be producing, constantly be posting, constantly be writing, constantly be doing podcast videos, whatever. The information, most of the information that's being put out, is not interesting in the least. Doesn't help everyone, anyone. And it's just like regurgitated garbage. And then we all feed into that. We're like, oh, yes, round of applause. And I'm like, are we really doing anything with a value? Yes, 100%. Is there anything that comes to, from you and mm -hmm. not like, a, you know, because I feel like what you need to allow yourself a certain amount of not doing mm -hmm. to be able to be open enough to receive. Yeah. from whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, source, inspiration, curiosity, whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you're in this constant, like, pushing things out, like constant, like exporting things out, wh where is the moment that you actually harvest, right? right? That you actually, like, create some space to, to let something drop in that then you can share, obviously, yes? Like, if it's, if it's useful and you find it amazing, why not? Bring it, bring it and forward. And also we need give it. time for these ideas to like bloom within you because I feel like we always have the need to the moment we have a thought, we have to put it out in the universe, however half-baked they are. So we never get to like that revelation or that bigger idea because we just stop ourselves short. We like have a thought and then it's out in the world and then we get feedback. So we never evolve the thought within yeah. ourselves. Yo, yes, 100%. So so good yeah <laughs> well i'm so glad you're here i feel like so much wisdom has been dropped upon me and so much permission allowed <laughs> i would love i know this isn't everything about human design it's such no. a deep well so how can people learn more about human design how can listeners learn more about you um, whatever you feel like sharing please do well i personally think that um when you see human design, of course, again, going back to what you were saying, there's tons of things on social media to look into. There's tons of videos, things like that. You know, go with whatever you really resonate with. Mm -hmm. Like really, if, honestly, if this was your first human design um, experiment, if you will, if you decide to go with that, go through, you know, accounts if you find that interesting and see what if, if there's something that is alive there for you mm -hmm. and this is going to be personal you're only going to feel that for yourself and if that feels good then go about and learn there mm -hmm. right um 
one of the things that I definitely feel is really, really cool to do in the beginning, and that's something that I did, and I'm really, really happy that I did, was mm -hmm. to get a reading early on. Because yeah. then I'm learning from someone that is able to see me and not just me trying to piece a really mm -hmm. intricate system together. Yeah. And then, you you know, when you get the basics, of course you can go and take it away, read books mm -hmm. and all this, all this stuff. I personally, and this might be just my own version of learning, I really love learning from interaction, like really... Yeah like from people. Mm -hmm. Books are awesome and I think books for certain subjects and for certain things are incredible and maybe for a later stage they're even more cool. Mm -hmm. I recently, I bought a book, the, the very first book that I bought on human design, it's a really freaking cool book, but I was really learning, that was even before I got my first reading and I read it and it was like so like whoa, what, what, like I, I had the understanding, I could grasp it, but I was like, mm -hmm. like a little bit busy yeah. afterwards. And recently, I don't know what I was, I don't know, it just pinged me from the book, from the bookshelf. I was like, ah, let me just go and grab it. And I started reading it and I was like, oh God, this is like way more juicy than I thought. But, yeah. but it's not because I have the foundation and I have a good base. So if this conversation has struck you like any good amount of good vibes and you want to reading, I would love for you um, to come my way. Also, you know, like I give human design readings and I love it. It's one of my biggest pleasures to do that and to see and explore um, your design. <laughs> it's fascinating for me from the perspective of like, I love being a student of this. Mm -hmm. You know, besides the fact that I, lo I, I love sharing it and I love finding ways to teach it and like but again like refining the language and sharing those perspectives i love that but that is only because i'm equally in love with the process of learning yeah um so that is like let's say like the you know like the very particular specific way that you can learn about it and and really it's it's really about learning yourself and then mm -hmm. if you're really curious and this really sparks joy in you and you want to bring this either into your offerings or into the way that you do your life or your business or maybe like i don't know pull up the charts of your family and your kids and your partner and your mom and your dad you know like yeah it's it's fascinating <laughs> like, it's so much fun that's that's why i felt like when i was into astrology i thought the beauty of it when i pulled up everybody's chart it not only allows you to see them as like a human, a spiritual human being, but how all these parts are interconnected and how we all have our gifts. And if we just honor each other's gifts, then I don't know, world peace. I don't know where we go with this, but it just, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine it's the same thing that when you pull human design charge, you're able to see like, oh, this person carries these energies, which like makes this happen in the world and maybe combines with this person's other energies i mean it's just so cool yes definitely definitely so that's kind of like the readings and i also have these two other offerings that are a self-paced exploration mm -hmm. on the sacral which is something that we talked about today mm -hmm. and if you have a definer on define it really doesn't matter i'll walk you through what that means in each mm -hmm. in either or um case and it also helps you ground into the the richness it's called sacred sacral for a reason like there's so much sacred energy there and if if we are with it you know it's if it's 70 percent of the population that have it defined well 70 percent of us will definitely definitely um benefit from learning how to tap into our our sacral energy 
and the rest of the 30% will definitely thank us for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're definitely going to live in a better world if we learn how oh, to sweet. do that. Also for them, of course, you know, like for people like projectors, manifestors, reflectors, knowing how to tap into their own sacral energy is mm. really, really valuable. And the other one is golden hearts, which is kind of like inverse, like 70% of the population have the heart undefined, mm. meaning we are here to learn about what the heart is about, which is ultimately about money, value, and self-worth. Mm-hmm. So um, that one is really interesting in the way that we can put certain concepts together that will help us understand that a little bit more and a little bit easier. Mm. And because again, like I'm all in for experimentation, so it will give you great tools to take it away and see how that changes your experience. So when you say that most of, most of us have an undefined heart, is, does it mean that we were born needing to learn how love works in the world? How I mean, if we think of it in like uh, values of Taurus, right? Like love, uh, self-worth, uh, material possessions, all of that. We don't have, we don't come into this world knowing how those things work and how we define those for ourselves. So the, like the love part, like, so in human design, the, the, the traditional heart chakra is mm-hmm. kind of like split it into, like you will see it, mm-hmm. like there's an identity and oh, that has more to do with love and purpose and these things. Mm-hmm. And the heart, like the human design quote unquote heart, is all about the material plane. So 70% okay. of us sign up to, to have an experience and to try to figure out what the material plane is based on. And the, the the beauty of it, or the trick of it, or the <laughs> depends on how you want to see it, uh-huh. is that ultimately is deeply rooted in your sense of value, and that you are infinitely valuable and worthy. The only thing from where you are right now, and experiencing that, is the walls and the conditioning that you have been conditioned under, yeah. and this is directly indirectly verbally modeled and transgenerational mm-hmm. like it's a whole it's a whole big bag <laughs> yeah like um, what a university to sign up for right because yeah. now the moment you say that it's like the things that have been for the ideas that have been forced upon you if you are a woman making up more than 50 percent of the population any mar- marginalized person immigrant refugee black person like you are being told on a continuous basis that you have less value. Mm. So it's like signing up for a really like difficult course in what is my value and can I generate that for myself because my society is telling me no. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I don't hope to have all the answers to this. I'm sharing from the, the things that I have learned in my experience um i think that the more of us that are doing this work and figuring this out the more um ripple effect of that we can generate for sure mm-hmm. obviously i 100 percent recognize where i'm coming from like my privileges my way of like you know in being in the world mm-hmm. um but i think it's a really interesting place to go to regardless of you know where you've been in and the beauty of this is like, it's, a, it's an energetic blueprint. Mm-hmm. So 
we can also see it from that level. Like we can see it from the energy level. And then of course it, it has an impact on the all the conditions and the stories and the rules that we've made up in the physical world. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we can we can start working through the energy so then that energy has an effect in the material. Absolutely. Rather than working like matter versus matter, because ultimately that's just gonna take a lot of time and a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually it seems like if I taking a Buddhist lens, it would be like working towards your own liberation, being able to see yourself as yourself and that holding value and being an example of liberation for others so that everyone can be free. Yeah, definitely. And that your liber- like your liberation is intrinsically linked with the liberation of mm-hmm. everyone's. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. So I know someone wants to reach out to you. Where do they find you? <laughs> you can find me at Nourishing Witch on Instagram. I only hang out there in the socials. So that's like my mm-hmm. favorite place to be. And my website is nourishingwitch.com. And there you can go and check it out. There's the, um, the page where you can book the readings if you want a reading. If you want to DM me and talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, if you have any questions around human design, to be honest, um, not specifically about your design, because I think that that's like actually what we do when we get into a reading. Right. But if there's like, okay, you know, like how does this work, or like mm-hmm. just like a little bit of like that kind of curiosity around this, around the system. Maybe it's something that is really new for you, and you're like, mm-hmm. what? What it's all these again? Yeah, more general oh. connection cr- cr- questions that you want to be pointed in the right direction. Definitely, definitely. Cool. Well, I loved having you on the podcast. Thank I know I'll, I'll be seeing you on the interwebs and maybe we'll have you back to talk about something else, some new offering you have or some cool concept. Um, yes, this was fantastic. Yeah, thank I know you. folks got a lot out of this. Um, so thank you for being here. Um, like you mentioned, everyone can find you on Instagram and on your website. We'll also post you up on our website, wearewildwonder.com. And you can find this podcast on YouTube and anywhere you find your favorite audio channels. So thanks again, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.